rocking across the USA every Saturday. David Essel in the box with you. Welcome aboard, gang. 1-800. Oops, I forgot our 800 line is down today. Text us. 941-266-7676. Isn't it amazing? Like, you get into a habit of 23 years of shooting out a number. <laughs> and then that number on this one day isn't available, and you just go by habit and say it anyway. I want to thank you so much for taking the time to tune in. Broadcasting live on a Studio E in Los Angeles, California, with Nathan and Trishan by my side. Running the show as I run my mouth. <laughs> Proud to be part of the iHeart Premier Clear Channel Radio network celebrating 23 years on the air and proud to be here with you right now don't forget we have marilla scott coming up in a minute talking about this very cool book bad to the bone a true life story of david takaro jr that every one of our interviews is archived nathan puts them up around nine o'clock eastern time at the end of every show on saturdays you can go to talkdavid.com and listen so if you have friends right now that wish they they that you know they wish they could be tuning in but for whatever reason they can't to hear what Marilla has to say talking about David's life story just have them tune in later anytime after nine o'clock eastern for the rest of my life and your life and their life it'll be up archived at talkdavid.com we have had Marilla on in the past the last time we had her on it was just brilliant awesome awesome interview she is the author of many books and one of Oprah's ambassadors of hope the book that we're going to talk about today is bad to the bone the true story of David DeCaro Jr. Marla, welcome back, my love. Thank you for having me back. I love being on your show. Are you kidding me? <laughs> this is so good. <laughs> hey, hey, how did you meet David? Before I ask you what even the story's about, how did you meet him? Oh, great way. Um, actually, he had read my memoir in our house, and he reached out to me and said, Hey, um, I read your story. I love the way you write, your style, and the way you tell a story. Are you, would you be interested in doing mine? And I was kind of floored because um, he is really a powerhouse when you meet him. He truly is. Mm. And he's from Canada, but he lives in Orange County now. And in doing his story and working with him, oh, when I met him and I saw the tats that he had on him, how cool. <laughs> Stories <laughs> all over him. Nice. And, and what is the title of the book, Bad to the Bone? Describe that. Bad to the Bone. I remember when we talked about his book and what it was about, and I said, you know what? The title's got to be brilliant. It's got to be amazing. But it's about uh, leukemia. And so, you know, his, his battle with it, his actual struggle and fight to overcome it. And so it's a disease that affects the bone marrow. So how cool to call it bad to the yeah. bone because it is. But then right. David is like this rock and roll kind of guy. His passion, his greatest passion is music. And so mm. with that, oh, my gosh, this guy's bad to the bone. So it works out. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That's so good. Hey, you know what? I wonder if George Thorogood would would allow him to use that song, Bad to the Bone, to promote that book. That would be just a perfect time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It is so awesome. It's so awesome. And his his relationship with music, as I'm sure you already know, goes so deep. So the tie-in between the leukemia and the music, that you couldn't get a better title. You just couldn't. You know, in in the book, David says, and and, and I'm going to paraphrase, not a direct quote, but he says that before the cancer, he was like the walking dead. Could, could, now, now, this is interesting. Before the cancer, that says that before the cancer took place that he was in a lot of pain. Yes. See, a lot of times people don't understand. You're going through life, and you really don't know what's going to hit you later. And sometimes you think that pain that you're dealing with now is it, that this is horrible. And so a lot of what he was going through was loneliness, the feeling of inadequacy. But he 
didn't have, by the way his family, you know, were, he really didn't have solid grounds to feel that way, but it's how he felt. It was his perception right. of things. And sometimes people say, well, you shouldn't do this, or we didn't treat you this way, or we didn't do this, but that's how he felt regardless, so it didn't matter. And so his father was wildly successful, and David felt inadequate to his father, although his father never set that bar and said, hey, you have to achieve this. He just wanted his children to be happy. But David took it, you know, differently, like, wow, I want right. to be like my dad, but, you know, I'm not. And so he was just going through the motions of life like many people do. With, he had passion, but he wasn't meeting it. He wasn't going there. It's it's interesting, Marilyn, a lot of uh, families where there's a successful mom or a dad that the children growing up can create intense insecurity because they don't feel that they might be able to match or meet up with what their parents have, have achieved or accomplished. Was that part of what do you think David might have been experiencing? Absolutely. I think when you look at his father, um, David uh, Tucker Sr., he is wildly successful. I mean, this is a self-made man that really made great choices, great decisions, trusted his intuition. You know, his business sense is obviously very keen. And when you have that, you see him, you know, becoming so successful, what people fail to understand is that a lot of people, before they become successful, they have tremendous failures. And you never know what his father went through to become the individual he is today. And so a lot of times people don't share those failures with you. So you think, boy, you know, it was just magic that it just hit this, and (laughs) you, you don't see behind the scenes. But there's a lot of struggles that people have to get there, because if you want to be great, you have to fail. You have to. Amen. Amen. You know, the last time you and I talked, one of the things I love about you, you, Marla, when you tell stories is that you tell the facts, you know, like instead of like buttering up things or painting flowers and daisies and petunias when really we're walking through (laughs) absolute hell to be successful. I like that about you. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, you know what? If we want to hear lies, we can pay attention to the news and the government and everything else out there and believe everything that's said to us, you know. And it's not something we hear enough of that from people. And we even hear it so much from our parents. People need truth. Kids need truth. Adults need truth. That's the only thing that's going to really help you face reality is the truth. Whether it's good, bad, or indifferent, just respect it. It doesn't mean you're going to like it, but it should help you understand this is either A, someone's perception of you. doesn't mean it's the gospel, but it's their perception. So respect it. You know, and go ahead. Yeah, go. No, you go right ahead. Oh, you know, sometimes the facts are the facts, but, you know, the truth, you cannot, you cannot tell me that it's not going to make you better, wiser, learn something that you didn't know before, or at least take it and follow it so you can use it later. It's beneficial to all of us. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Just the facts. Just the facts. What, What was the role of music in David's life prior to the cancer versus during it or after? Do you, can you share that? Absolutely. David's um, role with music, he is music. He's the epitome of music. I mean, he has gone so deep inside of it. He understands, you know, how uh, these incredible genius musicians write where they write from. He understands the history of music, the passion behind their, their music and their lyrics. A lot of people say, oh, I like that. But he can tell you why it was written, how it was written, where it was written. He's been and experienced so many incredible things that that's who he is. He should literally be in the music industry because he knows more than most people that are in there that I've spoken to. And I've worked in the industry for years, but his passion and knowledge is just beyond me. It's beyond measure. Yeah. 
How did now? I know we just have a moment, Marla, and then we're going to go to a break. So I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to hold this question. We're going to go to a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk more with Marla Scott. The name of the book, Bad to the Bone, it's a true life story. Of, of an individual that went through leukemia, came out the other side, and we're going to find out what role music played during the battle with leukemia when we come back with Marilla Scott. Bad to the Bone is the name of the book. You're tuned into America's Positive Radio Talk Show. All we do is talk positive. We give stories of survival. We give stories of comeback, just like the one we're sharing right now. Tune in. Every Saturday, 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific. I'm David Essel. The website, talkdavid.com. Stay right there. You're tuned in to David Essel Alive, America's positive radio show. Like us on Facebook and listen to hundreds of inspirational archive shows at talkdavid.com. Now here's your host, Mr. Motivation, David Essel. Oh, you got to love Nathan here in the studio, finding that bad to the bone. The name of the book that we're interviewing, Marilla Scott right now, Oprah's Ambassador of Hope, Bad to the Bone, the true story of David Takaru Jr., and I mispronounced his name earlier. Um, t- Marilyn, talk about the role of music during the cancer treatment with David. Just to back up what you said, Nathan, thank you for playing that. I love hearing that song. But it did. It played a role of healing for him because when you have something that is your passion and something's hurting you so much, for example, mine is writing. So if something was hurting me when I was a child, as we discussed previously, I wrote to get it out of me. So David, he went inside music to get it out of him. So music, that was his motivator. That was a huge motivator for him to listen to it, to shut out the pain, to shut out the world, to shut out everything so that he can think of, you know, positivity and I can heal, I can beat this. The good cells are attacking the bad cells. He had a mindset that he had to go where he needed to go to beat this because they told him he wouldn't. How, how is David different today? Oh, my gosh. This young man is so inspirational and powerful. He's someone that really didn't know his own power. He really didn't know it. And, you know, I love when I sat and talked with him and was able to ask him about the tattoos on his body because they right. were history. They were such history that he wore on the outside of his body because he was burdened with so much pain and so much, you know, he had so many stories. And he had some good things in there from his family as well. But he had so much inside of him, he started wearing it on the outside. And so getting to know him, it's incredible, his spirit for, and passion for helping people become bone marrow donors. That's what he's about. He's about wow. music, number one, and life, number one, too, helping people have the same life and opportunity that he had because of his donor, Kristen Holtman. Yeah. Do you, hey, do you know, uh, Marilyn, do you know about leukemia in regards to the, the cause? Is it, is it submerged emotion? Is it anger? Is it worry? Is it anxiety? Is it genetic? Do you know out of curiosity? You don't know, and they don't either, because there's so many um, different types of cancer. They still can't pinpoint any one thing where it comes from with, with accuracy. And he was yeah. 25 years old, and the cancer that he, the leukemia that he got was something that most mostly children receive. They end up with when they're little, 
and yeah. sometimes the elderly do, but there's no rhyme or reason for it. There was none. Mm. They didn't know well, the cause. Have, have you, Marilla, have you yourself altered, been altered, have a different thought process after meeting David, writing the book, finding out the depth of his story and inspiration? Have you changed at all? You know, every time I work with someone that has the, the capacity that David does to inspire me, that changes me. David changed me in so many ways because his passion for life, it was hidden. He was willing to take whatever was coming his way and, and respect it and accept it without making, you know, his family and everybody else um, feel burdened with it. He was, if he was going to die, he was going to die. If he was going to live, he wanted to fight. And the pain, when you ask him how he's doing and he says, I'm in pain, it's incredible because no one understands the degree of his pain. You can't fully understand it if you're not him. And when you hear the word pain, it's like, okay, he's in pain again. I get it. No, you don't get it. But he keeps going through life. And even yeah. after having the bone marrow uh, transplant, his, the damage to his bones, he had a double hip replacement, his right shoulder replacement, his, his knee replacement. He needs another knee replacement, another shoulder wow. replacement. And he's on my medication for the rest of his life because he's deteriorated so much. And he right. goes to the doctor pretty much four to five times a week. But that's the cost of living for him, and you would never know it with a smile, with his passion. Wow. He cares more about other people than he does himself. I love that. Yes, he's inspired me. Yes. That's so cool. That is so cool. (laughs) I love it. Hey, hey, what is, if if you or our listeners pick up the book Bad to the Bone and they read it, what are one or two or three things that you hope every reader of the book gets from it, Marilyn? Well, most importantly, I know David would probably want me to say, and I would agree with him, to become a bone marrow donor. It doesn't okay. hurt the way it used to, but you can save a life by giving something precious in your body, and you don't even realize it. Sign up to become a bone marrow donor. You can do that on David Tuckeroo's site, davidtuckeroo.com. Go there. Do it. The other thing is that when you read his story, you understand that sometimes people tell you that your life is over. You're done. They show you the dark tunnel until you go ahead and slide down that, because that's where you're ending up. David refused to believe that. He refused, and he fought it, and he's here against the odds, way against the odds. And he believed, even when he kept silent about it, he kept praying for it, just hoping for it, wanting it. And so he's here. So people don't understand, lastly, the pain that cancer has, you know, that it takes hold of you and the repercussions that it leaves your body with. It not only destroys the individual with it in so many capacities in so many different ways, but it affects their family. It affects David's family, his mother, his sister, his father, his grandparents, everyone associated with him that loved him, his friends, and and so forth. But to understand his book, his journey, read Bad to the Bone because you will understand what it's like to have cancer, what the pain is like, what the medications do to your body, because afterwards the addiction followed because he was on it for two and a half years to lot it. And people don't understand when you go through so many different things, what does it really do to you? Are you, right. are you ever fully okay? And people say, okay, well, you beat it. You beat it, but you have other repercussions. And understanding it will help you understand your loved ones, your friends that are going through it. It will better help you understand this illness. Hmm. We're, we're talking to Marilyn Scott, one of Oprah's ambassadors of hope. The name of this book is Bad to the Bone, the true story of David Tuckeroo Jr. Um, we've got about two minutes left, Marilyn. How has his experience altered his relationships with his mom and dad? Has there been a dramatic change, a minor change? What do you think he would say about that? Oh, my gosh. With his relationship with his, his, his mom and his sister and his dad, he loves his family tremendously. 
But I will tell you, I do know for a fact, the relationship between he and his father is so incredibly stronger because his father uh, was an advocate for him telling a story and writing this. He wanted it done because he wanted mm. to understand his son better. And writing sometimes is not only therapeutic, and whether or not you agree or disagree, his father was like, no, I want this done. I want him to share whatever he wants to say I want him to do and get it out of him because this is his journey, his life, and he has a lot to say, and maybe I'll understand him better. And he does, and they do, and it is incredible. Mm. And to have the support of your family like that, it, it means a lot to David. I do know yeah. that. So, yeah, it's an incredible journey. I, I, I love it. What, now, where can we get the book, Bad to the Bone? Where is it that people can pick it up? Bad to the Bone is available on iTunes, Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble's, Kobo. Um, it's on so many places. You can just Google it, and you will see it come up. The book has already hit the bestsellers list in three different categories, one being the medical category, which I love, number 17, um, wow. and other categories. So it, it did that the first month out. Yeah. I know yeah. in the book he was talking with quite a bit of pride. You mentioned his tattoos. He, he, he oh, yeah. really has a lot of pride about those tattoos, doesn't he? Oh, yeah, David, because, you know, people see people with tattoos sometimes, and we are such a judgmental society. You don't even right. understand what it means. Sometimes those tattoos are people they love that they lost, and they don't ever want to forget, so they wear it with pride. Sometimes a tattoo is, is somebody in the military that they lost or, or something that's painful or something that's beautiful and loving. So that's a form of art. Whomever chooses to wear it that way, that's their choice, and you have to look at it differently. David's tattoos, each one of them, is, is, he's layered and layered with music <laughs> and history and his culture. You know, he has there's so much of his, his, his Indian heritage on him. On him. It is, he takes great pride in it. And so to see that is beautiful. The colors are right. beautiful. The stories that he tells me, his eyes light up when he talks about it. He doesn't right get sad. He, he lights up, and I love it. I love yeah. it. Meryl Scott, uh, one of Oprah's Ambassador of Hope, author of multiple books. The book that we're talking about tonight, Bad to the Bone, the true story of David Tuckaroo Jr. Meryl, this was so awesome. I love the fact, too, that David's mission, you know, he has a huge mission about bone marrow transplant. And, and ladies and gentlemen, go to DavidTuckaroo.com. And, and let me spell that out, T-U-C-A-R-R-O. T-U-C-A-R-R-O, Tuckaroo, DavidTuckaroo.com, in regards to more information on bone marrow transplant. Uh, final 40 seconds. Go for it, Marilla. How would you like to end this today? I will. It's David, D-A-V-I-D, Tuckaroo, T-U-C-C-A-R-O.com. Oh, C-C. Okay. Oh, thank you. Oh, no worries. But that, you go to him, you'll learn more about David, but it's a phenomenal story. If you want to learn how to beat something that you don't think you can beat or someone told you you couldn't, it's not only about cancer. This is about life. Read that to the bone and rock out and realize how to overcome adversity with power. <laughs> we will. Absolutely. Marilla, wonderful to have you back. And you will return, my love. I know that for oh, a sure. David, absolutely. I love your show. Listen, oh, thank people, you. this is a great show, great topics, great inspiration. You are inspiration, David. Thank you. Thank you. You are welcome. You have a beautiful weekend, Marilla. You as well. Okay, bye-bye now. You're tuned into America's Positive Radio Talk Show. 23 years in the making and 23 more years coming up. TalkDavid.com. If you missed this interview or you know someone who would love it, invite them to go to TalkDavid.com tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern. and You can hear Marilla's story. More to come. Stay there. I'm David Essel.
You're tuned in to David Essel Alive, America's positive radio show. Like us on Facebook and listen to hundreds of inspirational archive shows at talkdavid.com. Now here's your host, Mr. Motivation, David Essel. Ah, clap along if you're happy. Love that song. Whoa, baby. Studio E, Los Angeles. That's where we're broadcasting from. David Essel Alive every Saturday, 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific. And don't forget, every one of our shows is archived at 9 o'clock Eastern time tonight. Nathan will have everything up at talkdavid.com. If you've missed any of these interviews today, you would love that. I got a text that came in regarding uh, a topic we covered earlier, the e-cigarettes. Uh, they say, would you please repeat the whole thing about teenagers using e-cigarettes for marijuana use? Yeah, it's like it's this huge trend that's happened in the last nine months or so. I mentioned that I received a call from a high school guidance counselor who has referred several clients for me to work with one-on-one, families and students. And she was asking me, hey, do you have any idea, is it possible for kids to somehow get high on pot? And not have the odor, not have the smell, because we've checked them out. There's nothing in them. There's nothing on them. Of course, one of the things I forgot to mention earlier uh, was about the edibles. You know, if you're in Colorado, if you're in Seattle, Washington, uh, or if you somehow illegally transport those into another city where uh, marijuana is not legal to sell, you can get the marijuana edibles in candy and sodas and all kinds of things that have the active ingredient in marijuana to uh, give you that the high. So we were talking about, you know, the potential of of edibles, but then I also said, you know, the biggest rage with teenagers is getting the um the vapor, the the solvent of the marijuana active ingredient and using it in an e-cigarette cartridge which allows them to get high and there's no smell whatsoever. And sure enough, when they went and checked the students' lockers, there was the e-cigarette itself. Now, I don't know if they had the capability of testing the cartridges to see what was in it or not. But bingo, it's the latest rage for the last nine months with high school students to use e-cigarette containers to get high. So just as an FYI, thanks for the text again. And we'll go over that. And I also want to remind you that for all adults that are using e-cigarettes with the nicotine, to be highly careful with the cartridges and the refillables that you can purchase online and, and at stores in fairly large quantities because the nicotine itself is extremely toxic. I mean, a teaspoon of it, there's been kids two to four years of age, lots of hospitalizations uh, in the state of Colorado. Um they were talking about that in a newspaper. I was reading the Boston Globe last week. A, a tablespoon of it could kill you. A tablespoon of the nicotine liquid from the e-cigarette. Just incredible. Our text number, if you want to text us right now, you have a question, a thought on life, on love, on addiction, procrastination, money. Here it is, 941-266-7676. 7676 uh, this text came in about 30 minutes ago. You you talked earlier about an, a text regarding meditation. I've heard there's multiple kinds. Could you please share what the best form of meditation is? I love this question. Heck yes. The very best form of meditation, I think, the one that I trained with 30 years ago is called Transcendental Meditation. If you go to tm.org, tm, T is in Tommy, M is in Mary, tm.org, it's a, a phenomenal form of meditation 
it's a, there's a cost to be trained in it. It usually takes a weekend to go through it. It's very worth it. Uh, Maharishi Mahesh Yogi, who was the founder of Transcendental Meditation, we interviewed him when he was still alive in 1996. And I share this on one of my YouTube videos. If you want to hear the full story, go to YouTube. Just Google David Essel slash Maharishi. And I tell the story there. It was an hour interview I did on this very radio show, an hour interview that transformed my life. It changed everything. Phenomenal. Just absolutely stunning and phenomenal. So I think that TM is, is, is awesome. The, the next form of meditation that I think is outrageously effective is simply called the breath meditation. And through the breath meditation, you just follow your breath, your breathing, in and out of the body. Whether you breathe through your nose or your mouth, it doesn't matter to me. Some people have a hard time breathing through their nose, so they breathe through their mouth naturally. That's fine. But you get into following the breath, both in and out of the body. Do it for two or three minutes at a time. Every time you breathe in, say the word in to yourself silently to keep your focus on the breath. Every time you breathe out, say the word out silently to keep your focus on the breath. If your mind goes to like, oh my gosh, I'm starving, or I've got to do the bills later, or you know the kids are going crazy downstairs, just say the word cancel. Just bring your attention back to your breath and continue. Don't ever think that when you're doing a meditation session, if you're struggling with it, that it's not effective. Just keep going. Keep going. And after a while, it becomes a habit like brushing teeth. And you won't want to miss it. It's so damn effective. <laughs> it really is. Here's our text number, 941-266-7676. 941-266-7676. Uh, David, earlier in the show, you interviewed a guest on anger. Yes, Janet Pfeiffer, by the way, is her name. Janet Pfeiffer, the name of the book is The Secret Side of Anger. And if you missed it, check it out later tonight at talkdavid.com when the archive is up. Um, do you ever get angry? Oh, my God, that this is a funny question. And if so, what causes it the quickest? Yes. Yes, I do get angry. You know, a lot of times when people listen to like syndicated shows, radio, TV, et cetera, and topics like this, they think that the host has life mastered. I would say that I don't. I'm not ashamed of that. It's just the truth. I don't have life mastered. I can get angry. I can get highly frustrated. Anger is the next level. I'm going to say it takes a lot to get me angry, but I can get very frustrated. Yes, uh, I'm very high-charged. I'm very um, goal-oriented. And so with that, this high type A energy that runs through my veins 24-7, 365, I have to make really damn sure that I do things like meditation on a daily basis to keep me in balance. But, yeah, I do get very frustrated and very angry. And then the second part of the question is what um, elicits it the quickest. And I'm going to tell you a breaking of a trust. You know, if, if, I am, if I'm in a business, I'll give you an example. I was doing advertising with a newspaper a number of years ago. And, um, you know, I cut a deal with the newspaper. And, and whenever I do ads, it's always right-hand side placement. And we teach this with our clients that my business clients that are doing advertising, I really think left-hand side placement in a magazine or in a newspaper is not as effective as right-hand side placement. And you'll oftentimes pay more for right-hand side. So I had a contract driven, written up with a salesperson 
for uh, a media. And in the magazine, I said, I only want right-hand side placement put into the contract. She did. When our ad came out, it was on the left-hand side, and I lost it. I did. You know, I really got frustrated. So I called, and I didn't lose it with her on the phone. But I called and said, this is totally unacceptable. And she tried to back out and said, oh, well, you know what? I forgot at the last minute, but there's nothing we can do. And so I held my ground. And I said, and this is what Janet was talking about earlier. You know, I said, no, 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 no. I told you that if it isn't the way it's written in the contract, I don't pay. So they got to be heated. Uh, No swear words, but it did get to be heated. But I stood my ground and I won. So that's because they broke trust. You know, that's because we had a contract and they broke the contract and they were trying to get out of fulfilling the contract. So that kind of thing, if you break trust with me, and I'll tell you more stories about, you know, breaking trust in personal life. But, yeah, that's something that will put me over the edge pretty damn quick. (laughs) That's a truism. That's a David Essel truism. Hey, you're tuned into America's Positive Radio Show. I am so glad you're with us. Text us right now, 941 266 7676. Questions, comments, 941 266 7676. David Essel Live, America's Positive Radio Talk Show. Visit us at talkdavid.com. Right after this message, we're coming back. Stay right there. tuned into David Essel Alive, America's positive radio show. Like us on Facebook and listen to hundreds of inspirational archive shows at talkdavid.com. Now here's your host, Mr. Motivation, David Essel. Ah, coast to coast for 23 years. This is a beautiful song. Mr. Sting in the background. What's the name of it, Nathan? Is that like Beautiful Day or something? Brand New Day. That's what it was. I love it. Gorgeous song. Oh, I, I, hey, listen, text us right now. We've got texts coming in. I'm going to get them as many as we can get to. 941, questions, comments. We have the answers for you. America's Positive Radio Talk Show. David Essel with you. 941-266-7676. 941-266-7676. Marilla Scott was talking about the book Bad to the Bone uh, with David Tuckaroo about his love of music. And, you know, I mean, we love music here at David Essel Live. We really do. We try to have cool music coming in and out of breaks. Uh, it means a lot. You know, it, it can change your mood in a heartbeat, can it? Just awesome. Text us, 941-266-7676. This is an interesting one. This came in about an hour and a half ago. My mother-in-law, we already know there's trouble. <laughs> <laughs> just just teasing moms and laws. My mother-in-law last year insisted that she do my taxes. She's a CPA. My wife loves the idea. We have a week before filing. I'm very skeptical of it. What do you think? Oh my god, no. 
No, 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 no. I don't know. I, I wish I could scream this answer out. No, 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 no. I don't care if it's a mother-in-law, a father-in-law. I would say no. Listen, this is my personal opinion. I, w- I wouldn't want, if I was married, I would not want my mother-in-law, my father-in-law, my uncle-in-law, my aunt-in-law doing my taxes for multiple reasons. Number one, if there's a screw-up, you have a huge battle in the family. You know, could you imagine if you allowed your mother-in-law to do this and she does something by accident and screws it up, now you've got, now you'll be pissed at her and your wife because your wife is sitting there going, I love the idea, I think this is great. No, 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 no. No, 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 ever, never, ever, ever, number one. Number two, I don't want people knowing my personal business, and I don't think that anyone should in within the family, you know? Um, if, if I don't know. Let me try to think. If it was a mom or a dad, that might be a little different, but hell no. No aunts, no uncles, no mother-in-laws, no father-in-laws, none of that. No sister-in-laws, no brother-in-laws, no. I just really don't want anyone to know my private business, and, and that's my, my – you're asking my opinion. What should I do? Um, I think your income and your expenses uh, is between you and your wife only. It should not be up because pretty soon the whole family's going to know. You know, oh, did you know what George made last year? And did you wouldn't believe the expenses? You wouldn't believe what those two spend on whatever, right? Uh-uh. Never, ever, ever. 941-266-7676. You know, sometimes I ride the fence in life. <laughs> That's a joke. I never ride the fence. But I'm telling you this one, just stay away. That is trouble in the making, especially if there's an error. You're screwed. And your relationship with your mother-in-law is screwed and your relationship with your wife will go through hell. Run for the hills. Don't ever do that. Um, next, This next text came in 20, 25 minutes ago. What role does guilt and shame play in recovering from an addiction uh, if we – oh, my God. Well, I mean, you know, guilt and shame is what keeps so many people in addiction. And if you're trying to recover from it, it's a bear. It's absolutely a bear. Um, If we don't deal with guilt and shame, we can easily go out in the addiction because these emotions run our decisions at the subconscious level. So when you feel guilty and you haven't dealt with that, that guilt sits and eats at you. You know, I feel guilty that I spent all this money on my drug of choice. I feel guilty that I gained 75 or 100 pounds in the last two years. I feel guilty that I'm using money that we really don't have to feed this addiction. I feel guilty that I have an addiction behind my partner's back or my family's back. If we don't deal with that guilt, then it's going to run the show. If we don't deal with the shame of being, you know, a closet alcoholic, closet drug addict, closet smoker, closet whatever, spender, oh, my gosh. I deal with a lot of closet spending addictions. They don't want the family to know they're in a lot of trouble financially or they're heading down the road. Tons of, you know, $80,000 in credit card debt, $150,000. There, uh, there, was, there was a couple I worked with $175,000 in credit card debt. Don't ask me how they got there because we're still trying to figure it out. But could you imagine? that like off the charts the shame and guilt and because they were used to living a certain lifestyle they continue to live it to this day even though they continue to rack up it's going to change of course because i'm working with them 
But the shame of guilt is off the charts, just totally off the charts. Um, we've got to write about it. You have to talk about it. You have to release it. If, if you are filled with shame or guilt from something that happened 30, 40 years ago or something that's going on right now, if you're in an affair and you're married or in a relationship and you feel shameful and guilty about that and you need help, text us or go to my website, talkdavid.com. Contact me. I would love, love to help you. Uh, 941-266-7676. This is cool. Okay, my friend Ariel Ford would love, love to see this text. Uh, I've been listening to the interview that you did on the Love and Relationship series with Ariel Ford. I listened to your interview, Deepak Chopra and John Gray so far. I loved your interview, and I wanted you to explain the Sedona Method and love relationships. This is cool. Okay. So years ago, I don't know if it was 20, 20 years plus ago, I took this course called the Sedona Method. And the Sedona Method is all about three questions. That's all it is. The Sedona Method is three questions. So on this interview um, are the art of love and relationships that I did with Ariel Ford. And you can Google art of love and relationships and find the website. You can still join it. There's like five days left of it for free. You can join it for free. All kinds of awesome experts. But when I was being interviewed by Arielle, um, she asked me about what were steps that couples could take in order to deal with crisis and chaos in a relationship, communication issues. And so I, I talked about the Sedona method and how I've used it for years in many areas of my life. And the Sedona method consists of three questions, very simple. Could I, would I, and when? So there's, there's a, an argument going on between you and your partner. And you know it's not, in, 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 the, in the scope of life, it's not the most important argument in the world. But it's a consistent one. And it's one that pisses you off. And it's one that you can't, and it's, but it's not a deal breaker. You know, it's not a deal breaker. It's just an ongoing argument. Toilet seat up, not taking the garbage out on time, not helping the kids with the homework every day of the week like you say you're going to, right? So you and your partner get in an argument, then you, because you're the wiser one, of course, you ask these three questions. Could I let go of this argument? Yes or no? And let's say you say yes. Here's the next one. This is where free will comes up because you always could let go of an argument, right? Would I let go of this argument? Now, this is your free will. And the answer in a case where it's not like this huge, important, deal-breaking argument that you're having where the relationship could be good over, go, you know, be done if this happens again, would I let go of this argument? The answer is yes. And then the last question is when? And the answer should be right now. Could I let go of this argument with my partner? Yes. Would I let go of this argument with my partner? Yes. When? Right now. In that, in that 30 seconds or less that it takes to go through the Sedona Method three questions, could I, would I, and when, you can be out of an argument. We've used it with hundreds of couples in our practice talkdavid.com. Go to talkdavid.com and you'll see all about the work we do in love and relationships, which is why I was selected with Deepak Chopra and John Gray and the rest of them to be a part of this love and relationship series. But we love to use exercises like this. And now if this, if it's a deal breaker, if it's like, you know, you've said to your partner a hundred times, if you drink again, I'm going to leave you, then you have to have bigger boundaries than the Sedona method. But if it's something that isn't a deal breaker, 
if it's something that isn't of this is going to end the relationship, could I let go of this argument? Yes. Would I let go of this argument? Yes. When? Right now. In that quick of a period of time, you can be moving forward in your love. Hey, listen, all of our, our interviews and all of my talk, these shows archived. Right now, talkdavid.com. Go to talkdavid.com. Tell your friends to listen to the shows there as well. Coming up, Lindy Lauren, supermodel. Oh, my gosh, she's coming up next. I'm David Essel. Stay there.